Welcome to the Bros on Books podcast, where you get to be the fly on the wall as three bros talk about their favorite life-changing books. Now pay attention, you might learn something. Yeah, so I'm Mike from at Underdog Books on Instagram. Brandon, what's your best handle? Uh, it's Brandon, at I-T-S-B-R-A-N-D-Y-N. That's where I do most of my activity. I have a okay. couple other accounts, but... Uh, it's Brandon is my go-to spot. Okay, gotcha. And then at Savage or Average Coaching, you can find TJ. Today we're talking about a great book, but a controversial book. It's um, it's a book that seems to cause a lot of drama, but it's one of my favorites. Twelve Rules for Life. Yeah, it's a great book. Do you like it just because it causes drama? Though I, I, I have a feeling uh, you like. You're like, oh, this is a little edgy. Like, let me let me get up in the edginess. <laughs> right. Well, I haven't actually even done a review on my Instagram about it yet because I just don't know how hard I want to slap people with the truth. You know, I'm just like, I'm trying to stay calm, you know, just taking the goodness. Uh, it is one of those books I keep coming back to, though. And I do probably like it a little more just because 50% of the people are pissed off about it. <laughs> I should just put like an emoji of lobsters on my story every day for the next month. See yeah. who can, see who gets it and who doesn't. Not many. Anyone that knows that, that's my that's my people. Anyone that would recognize it. Yeah. Like, lobsters equal and then like some something else equated to the book. If anyone gets it, that's my circle. That's true. They probably think you have crabs, though. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It keeps the dirties away. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys find yourself coming back to the book more than I, uh, your initial read? I re-listen to at least parts of this book probably every single month at the like max between times I go back to it on my Audible. Generally, like, even if it's just rule one, stand up tall with your shoulders back. Like, even stand if up I just straight. No, well, I can stand up tall. You're short. You can stand yeah. up straight. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, Brandon's freaking six six looking self. The only person I stand next to and don't look down at. Yeah, I should make a new rule for Brandon. Like, slouch down here, bitch, so we can be on the same level. Rule thirteen. <laughs> Up for the average people. Oh, speaking of this, since you're the biggest nerd of the group, if I had to guess, which I don't have to guess because I know, do you know any of the rules that got cut out of the book? Because I've heard him in podcasts saying there was other rules that were like we're going to be in here. You talking? Yeah. Oh, shut. Up. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm the nerd. Okay, because I'm weak too, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, both yeah, weak. It, it started off as, uh, I think he had 42 rules for life, but he had to cut that shit down because it's just too many. And he's coming out with another book, from what I understand, and uh, created creatively, creatively enough. Ooh, shit. He's calling it one. another 12 rules of, for life. <laughs> he said, when you have a good thing going, you don't ruin it. I like it. Another 12 rules. <laughs> Didn't, uh, when he started the 
rules wasn't it originally 25 on that like whatever platform where they like he posted and that it votes up or down i forget what platform cora uh, I, yeah, think was 40, I think it was 40 i think i think it was 40 plus okay i'm pretty sure you're probably right brandon what's you. your what's your, brandon what's your favorite rule if you had to shoot from the hip right now uh, right now it's rule number six yeah say your house in perfect order before you criticize the world i think a lot of people um like all races and societies and political beliefs and religious beliefs and anyone who exists has a problem doing this. Um, even if you practice, I think, I think this is probably one of the hardest rules to, uh, to get down to, to where you're not doing it uh, because it's so easy to just, I guess you could say make assumptions about what people are or aren't doing just because most like when I was younger, my sisters didn't know everything I did when I lived with them. I saw them 18 hours in a day. My mom didn't know what I did. Uh, my close friends now, they don't know what I do, you know, throughout the day. They, they, everyone really just gets a glimpse. And then from that glimpse, we all just make beliefs or make beliefs. We all just make up this reality for that person, whatever person we're, uh, whatever person fits the conversation. And then from there, you know, unless you're a Buddhist monk, it's really easy to, to criticize them. It's really easy to say, do this, don't do that. Why are you doing this this way? This, that, and the other thing. And uh, that's the one that's standing out to me right now the most. And um, again, I think it's one of the hardest ones to master. Um, but it's real cool once you're able to just overlook all that. Because uh, I'm a fan of getting down to like the nitty gritty. So like if me and you, Mike, were having a conversation, uh, we'll say Brandon from two or three years ago would say, you know, Mike, how's it going? You give me an answer. And then from there, I'll create something and then give you feedback based upon the new reality that I created, whether it's true or false. Now I'm, I'm starting to figure out that I really love saying, oh, hey, Mike, how's it going? You answer me. And I start asking myself questions to ask you and then to really figure out your point of view or your stance in life through asking questions and getting actual information. And then from there, I guess, formulating your reality that you told me. So that was a, a so, long-winded answer, but that's that's the, yeah. Yeah, so set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Yeah. Man, but it's so easy to criticize it automatically. It's very easy. You know? <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> like, I see people, and I criticize them before I even speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, because, you know, that's, I think that's just part of human nature. Uh, to, I, think, I think it's more of a survival thing, you know? Because, you know, apes in the jungle, they're, out there and they gotta you know they gotta see what the tiger's doing and they gotta come up with some sort of thing to where they're like okay this scenario might happen i gotta react this way and then you know fast forward x amount of millions and millions of years and now you know here me you and tj are speaking on the air mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh you know and that same the same thing still applies we, we still gotta it's i think it's like i said i think it's a safety mechanism to uh to do that but it's just become so toxic because of all yeah. the things that we've created along with, like social media, news outlets, um, newspapers, literally anything that passes on little tiny bits of information. Right. I was, uh, this reminds me of like how quick, like you said survival, right? So like this, I usually take walks early in the morning and it's been getting darker or, or it's been, it's been getting light out later in the day. So like I end up passing people in the dark now and I have my hoodie up. And I'll see like two blocks down, there's a woman walking on my same sidewalk. Yeah. And then by the time they probably get within like
they get in within like 30 or 40 feet of me, <laughs> they're almost to the other side of the road, like yeah. damn near across the street. <laughs> because, uh, you know, like they should discriminate, right? If I'm a, <laughs> if they're a 120 pound chick and it's four in the morning and I'm wearing a hoodie, my, you know, my face halfway covered, yeah. you probably should like at least get a running start if I'm going to chase you down or whatever, you know, like at the minimum. Yeah. And then my wife's always like, well, I don't want people, don't, I don't want people to think I don't like them. I'm like, that doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> just, you have to be smart at a, at a minimum, right? Unless you yeah. think you can, <laughs> my wife's like five one, you know, she's not, <laughs> she's feisty, but I don't think she could like, just like beat the shit out of a 200 pound guy, you know? So, um, but how do you, how do you take that out of you? You know, we have like a, a million two million year old brain or nervous system like peterson says in rule one you know we have the same shit as a lobster <laughs> so yeah. like how, how do we override that and by the time we're aware of like our natural responses you know we can override it after the fact right but in that moment it's just like you're just trying to like mitigate the bias that you have and some bias or prejudice serves you you know right. Like, if you're a woman at four in the morning and there's a man that's much bigger and stronger than you <laughs> with the hoodie up, you might want to just keep your distance. Like, <laughs> right. right. that's that sexist. That makes sense. Um, that is sexist. <laughs> but I really think, I think the only way to get, to get this rule into play is just to have the desire. Because, you know, it's hard for people to change anything as we all know uh whether it's mentally emotionally physically whatever it's really hard for someone to want to change so i think that's the first step is actually wanting to literally just to practice this rule but to that point it's not going to happen you know because it's real easy like i said it's real easy mm -hmm. to uh to look at me and say oh you're not doing this or you're not doing that or you're doing this the wrong way but when that person's doing the same thing maybe i know maybe i don't know it's not my business but because uh, I mean, I've been guilty of that, of course, we all have, but the only way to, I think the only way to change it is just to have desire to want to. I know that's where it started for me. I was like, I'm, you know, all this drama and stuff. Because, dude, I was in this circle of friends uh, in high school, and it was literally just everyone spitballing drama about everybody. Like, oh, this girl did that, this guy did that. And they were like, oh, that's so gross. And then those people did the exact same thing four minutes after they were talking all this drama. Right. And, uh, some somewhere around that time, I was I, did, I had no idea who Jordan Peterson was or anything, but I was like, there, there has to be a different way to like use my brain and like not not <laughs> do all this judging and stuff like to to these people when I'm doing the same thing. Because uh, I was in the youth group and it was really easy to do that. It was really really easy for you know people to be like that's wrong, that's wrong, and then after church I go and do the thing that I was preaching against. So again, it just just comes down to that desire, man, to to change. Right. But how do you get it in perfect order? That's the problem. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. I think Thanks. it's just aim for perfect. Mind exactly. your business. Handle your shit. Develop your skills. Develop your potential. And then yeah. <laughs> once you feel like you've done everything you can in your room, right, then maybe you can start bringing some other people to the light. But until then, we should probably just shut up. So that's probably one of the rules I definitely f fail at.
could this rule just basically be him saying, don't ever criticize anyone? Because the word oh, perfect, yeah. like he's very pre- precise in his speech. And perfect obviously isn't going to happen. Right. Yeah, this is one of his most criticized rules, right? Because like people say that you should offer your opinion to society when you see evil shit, even if you're living in your mom's basement and there's like, you know, Twinkie wrappers everywhere. Like you should still say something if you see something that you believe to be like morally corrupt or whatever the case. Um, so he gets criticized a lot about that. But it makes sense. So, I mean, if you just try to do it, I think. Break it. Let's break it down a little bit more. Um, think of your house. When he says set your house in perfect order, think of your house. Or think, think, of, think of the idea that you have multiple houses within your life, right? So you have, you have your work house, relationship house, um, your financial freedom house, your diet house, your spiritual house. And each one of those is what you operate out of in whatever situation you're in. So like, um, like if you are, if you have terrible finances and you have zero dollars and you, you have maxed out credit cards and you have no idea how to handle money and you love just buying things because you have the money and then you're broke every week, but your perfect physical health, like quote unquote, whatever perfect physical health is for you. If you're listening to this, in that case, you're, I think you have, I think you're qualified to help somebody out only in the physical aspect of their life or spiritual or financially free or financial freedom or independence or whatever you want to say. But if you have that perfection in a area, a certain area of your life, I think that uh, qualifies you to give advice, but don't, it's not, it's not pushing advice. It's saying, hey, look, I see a gap in your game. I see a gap in what you're doing. Would you like some advice? And they will say yes or no, and then you go from there. Right. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been in, the, in both, both positions where people are like, here's all my advice, here's all of my information, take it. And I'm like, I don't want it. <laughs> and I've also, been, I've also been in a place where it's like, hey, you know, here's a gap in your game, can I give you some advice? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. But then again, I only listen, I only pay attention to things that I think or have seen or experienced these people being good at. Again, financial stuff, physical stuff, etc. Like you, I'm not going to take advice from you for style. Like you know, we talked about this before. You have like four shirts and like right. a pair of jeans, you know. So like, if I was somebody who was looking for like, hey man, what's the next style? I'm not going to come to you. And if you come to me and you're like, wear wear a black shirt and blue jeans, you know, it's it's that. It's, I mean, it's kind of like a, a bland concept, but it's the same thing yeah. with all in all areas. So that's kind of how my brain works when uh, when when I think of set your, setting your house in order. I think we all have multiple houses that can be set in order yeah so the key would be to surround yourself with people that have a certain house in perfect order and you can kind of leverage their information from that particular house or like invite all these people into your house and then you'd be like damn my house looks good look at i got all these <laughs> no you know what i i don't have to change anything besides the person that i am so yeah so i don't have a lot of perfect houses maybe i could tell people to be more assertive because i'm pretty assertive you know uh confronting situations maybe i could help with that um but that's about it probably self-reflection i'm good at that i mean i have that 
It's like a main priority of my life. Um, TJ obviously has the fitness and the nutrition on lockdown. And uh, besides that, I'm trying to figure everything else out. <laughs> That's what I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> Try to pick your brains on some stuff. TJ, what's your favorite rule? Well, I'm always going to go back to rule one, but the rule three, make friends with people who want the best for you. Does that roll in pretty well? With, like, how does that roll in with uh, rules six, get your house in perfect order before criticizing other people? So if like you have a group and in your small group, like you see somewhere that someone can improve and if you want the best for them, so you want them to improve, how do you, how do you navigate putting in your two cents in that situation then? Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Like uh, you want to hold your buddies accountable, you know, if they're going into a shell and they should stand up straight on the shoulders back instead, you know, how do you, how do you balance that between like, hey, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Unless I've never went into my shell, I should probably just shut up and be supportive. But yeah, that is tricky because you want the best for your friends, right? But you also have to shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe the key would be, you know, I think Jordan, what he means by it is like, <clears throat> if you set your house in perfect order, you'll attract things, people with that desire. So you're not casting pearls to swine like he always talks about, you know, like throwing information at people that don't want it. But if you have your shit together and you shine in a certain area, eventually people that have that desire, I'm like, hey, hey, bro, listen, I need to get my shit together. And I see that you have this together and you're my boy. So help me out. What do you guys think? Yeah. I don't know. Tricky. Here's, a, here's another tricky. I'll, I'll throw in another trick into the mix. And this is kind of this is kind of who I'm discovering that I am. And it's uh, it's funny and worrisome and awesome and unique. And uh, it's very I don't know. It's very very. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Really, there's not a word for it. But what if you have a friend? Okay, so real three. Make friends with people who want the best for you. What if you have a friend who doesn't know what they want for themselves? You know. Like, what if, like, in my head, everything's always changing. Like, I'm always like, okay, well, this is going to be cool. And then I play around with it. And I'm like, like, three months later, two months later, I'm like, ah, what's the next thing? You know, I kind of get, it's not that, it's not that things get stagnant. You know, it's not that I'm like, oh, I hate this. Now it's like, okay, what's like the next thing? Like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Regardless of if it's like a hobby or a profession or anything. But like, I, I've noticed <laughs> over the past, well, I didn't, I noticed recently, but I, looking back on the past, I can understand why this makes sense, but I'm always like, like, I feel like I had life ADD. I uh, focused on something for a while, and then, you know, I just kind of take, take a step back. Sometimes I have to refocus, you know, sometimes I have to say, okay, I can't do this right now because I got to go to work. I got to do, I got to do something else to, you know, change my priorities. That's like, that's something we all have to deal with. Right. But how do you help that friend, you know? Like, I, was, yeah, I, think, I think that's, that's really, really hard. Like, right. Like, like when a friend wants the best for you, they have to understand you. And if they don't understand you, they can't, they literally cannot want the best for you. I think if that makes sense. Like, right. You know, does that make sense? Or yeah, it that, does because okay. I've <laughs> branded in that way. I feel like I haven't mastered anything and it's because I'm like that. 
you know, I, get really, <laughs> I get really interested in something. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is legit. Like I'm, I'm going to pursue this. And then 90 days later, either, uh, either I'm not getting the results I expected. So I'm like, damn, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, that's not going to be the get rich quick scheme I'm after. Good, good. <laughs> so then, <laughs> then I'm like on to the next thing. I don't know. I think that if, what if you have, what if your best friends like that? And it's just you two like constantly starting and stopping things <laughs> like, Oh shit, we're not doing anything. We're not going to master shit. Yeah. And they got TJ well, that can't quit if you tried. I think that's uh I think it's cool to be, to be a Jack of all trades though. Like kind of, if like, if that's your thing, cause I don't know. Unless you go be a Buddhist monk for a while and learn how to completely change and control your mind, I think it's something that we just people like me and you just gotta like accept. Otherwise, you're just gonna be fighting uphill and deal dealing with unhappiness forever. Dude, it's so an think, emotional roller coaster because like, so I, I I have such a hard time committing to something, like full in all the way. Yeah. You know, it's a struggle. It's hard to find meaning for me. What are you gonna say, TJ? But you guys both have at least an idea where you want to end up. So you can, like, yeah. you know what you want. So the target or goal is that you can change the method of getting there. It's never changed the target or the goal. Your method of getting there can be different. Like, if you want to have financial freedom, it doesn't come like, oh, I tried this one business and I can only ever do this one business. Like, the end goal is kind of separate from the message you take to get there i think mm-hmm. so, like, so have, you, like so have a lot. super concrete goal but be flexible in the path right yeah right yeah, like, so like, go ahead like uh again this is me just spending a lot of time alone and, and just thinking and, and doing a lot of <laughs> life pondering um but i've come to the conclusion like like everything i've ever done has had like the the, the first the first, second, or third reason was to make money from it. And just thinking about all that and I think where I'm at now, I think my ultimate goal is, is not to be like, it's not to be Jeff Bezos or whoever, you know, it's just to be, you know, I want to be able to support mine. And I want, I want, I actually want financial freedom at whatever age, obviously sooner the better because that's how life works and that's awesome. But I think my end goal is to be able to not sit on the beach, but you know, be able to go live, but also be able to take care of everything that's mine, whether it's my family, my bills, my dog, my freaking supplement intake, my food, you know, going to train with TJ, going to Minnesota to hang out with Mike, you know, like, I think that's my end goal. So I really, really, I'm going to uh, write that down in my journal. Um, what, what was it, TJ? The, the end goal never changes, but the paths and the methods can is that somewhere on the Mike phrased it in a good way. Yeah, it's it con- concrete goals, flexible path. So, so, like, I've tried a lot of different things. And I kind of um, – I, I slip into this thing where I'm like, eh, financial freedom doesn't r- really matter to me as long as I'm doing something super meaningful. But you can do way more meaningful things if you have a lot of money. Exactly. You got to stop trying to be. That's why I'm trying to convince you to not be homeless. Right. Mike's like, but I just want to sleep in a van. But I eliminate my bills. 
But you can't help people in the, coming out of the back of a van. You can hand out two books a month compared to 2,000 books a day. Shit, my door is always open. My home was right in your parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up. Get the extension cord out. We need a heat. <laughs> yep, my door is always open. And I'm in your driveway, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's solid. And Mike, thanks for thanks for uh, rewording that. That was great. All right, all right. <laughs> little ver- See, little verbal packaging. I feel yeah. like Mike messed it up because he said it one way originally, which is a quote that I've heard from a book, and then he got put on the spot and he choked. I added like two more words. In that the sounded initial. perfect to me. <laughs> you know, concrete goals, but the path is flexible. Something like that. Shit. Just put like a, I don't know what it means to like paraphrase like the symbol. Yeah. It's like a squiggly maybe I don't know. Put something yeah. like <laughs> make up your own shit that means the same shit. It's like yeah. be, be concrete in your goals but flex flexible in your uh, path or approach. Whoever said it. That's there you go. one that because like no matter what your goal is like if when people want to help others but they're trying to help them on a two micro level like maybe that micro path that they're on right now isn't what helps them actually achieve their goal like you see many people like if someone wanted to be a professional sprinter but they only bench pressed like can you help me be a better bench presser be like maybe but your goal is this like so like there's maybe people when they're trying to help they're trying to help on a two micro level because somebody could be working on something that like I want to help Brandon get good at his new part-time job because I was in that position before and it taught me a lot and I excelled from it but I doubt getting good at that part-time job is going to lead to him achieving what he wants to achieve so like if I'm helping him if I want to help him like move forward in life it's probably only going to have a small percent of my energy going towards that specific situation. And some of it probably going into helping him expand his business and trying to get more clients to shoot with him. So he has more content so we can keep growing that. Cause I feel like that's going to get him closer to his end goal than helping him in the other scenario, which I'm going to anyway. That's literally why I set up the weekly training for all the clients. So him and Sarah could join. But that's not. And then, you, the then you got me saying, "Do whatever it takes to pay your bills, but make sure when you're doing, when you step into a part-time situation to make ends meet, make sure there's leverage to it, so you get more than one benefit from it, more than just paycheck. You know, save money. You know, good contacts in your same kind of your hobbies or niche, even though you're not in the coaching business, but you're part of that world. You know." So there's a lot of good that can come just from that situation, four hours of shift or whatever, you know? Brandon, do you feel like what you ended up going with is more in line with what Mike just said than what you were thinking about going with before that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, you going to be a stripper? No, I was going to work at a grocery store. (laughs) Hey, what's the the discount on the groceries? Not big enough. I mean, probably. I made him cancel his interview. Yeah, not, uh, <laughs> not enough to uh, to battle to battle where I'm at now. Like, right. don't go. 
And then we got him a job the next day. Shit. Whatever it takes. But if you can get, if you can double up with the benefits, that's where you get the leverage. All right. Now let me see what my favorite one is. The one I always come back to the most. There's two that I really like. One is obviously rule one, stand up straight with the shoulders back because this world's hard. And if you forget that rule, you know, you might stay down after getting your ass kicked, you know, or you run into a hard situation like, oh, here we go again. My life's never going to change. You know, it's the same old story, yada, yada, yada. But if you can just remember that rule one, it'll get you to rule four, which is compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. Right in the world, the world of social media, the easiest thing to do is to pop on Instagram and be like, damn, this bitch is crushing it in life. Or at least that's the perception they put out there, you know? I'm like, oh man, I'm just a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> you know? I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, uh, if I'm trying to build my Instagram, I remember when I had five followers, you know, and now I have 7,000, which I should feel good about that. But if I'm like, damn, this other book account, they have 90,000. Like, damn, I'm pretty worthless. But really, what is it? Uh, so if I have one follower to start with and now I have 7,000, that's a 7,000% growth. That's pretty good if you look at it that way. Yeah. But shit, it's hard to remember that, right? Especially in the bodybuilding world, or just the fitness world in general. I've heard so many, I, I was doing this myself, but everyone's always like, oh my God, you see how strong this guy is? I wish I was that guy, I wish I was that guy. And some people doesn't affect, like some people, they can be like, oh, I wish I was that strong and they go along with their day. But some people, man, I've watched it just eat at them all day long. And I'm like, what's wrong? And they're like, oh, you know, you see freaking Billy Bob Joe over here pulling an oak tree out of the ground with his teeth and I can't do it and I'm sad. And it's like, well, this is where you start to ask questions and start to be analytical. How old is this person? Uh, where are they from in the world? Do you know the ancestry? Does he have a job? Does, is his job labor intensive? What's his diet like? Does he sleep well? Is he on steroids? What about his other supplements? And if you, if you can't do that, if you can't be analytical about all these things, you're just going to put yourself in this whirlpool, tornado, hurricane of just disgust and self-doubt and self-hate. And that's what you know a lot of people do. And, uh, right. It sucks. I do it all the time. I used to do it all the time. I used to do it a lot. And actually, when I was like in high school and college, I was probably the most insecure person you'd ever meet. But you wouldn't know it because I wouldn't fucking talk to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would just like literally, if there was a girl that I like thought was attractive or whatever, you think I'd ever approach that woman? Hell no but I'd definitely sit in the corner and stare at her ass for three hours straight and then be like, hey, do you get a creepy guy, <laughs> a creepy vibe from that guy? <laughs> like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You then, <laughs> people talking on mute. That's a, that one never gets old. I'm not on mute. I am. My, my iPad died, so I had to switch to my phone. But I said we're we're already canceled, so we might as well just wrap this up. Mike's talking about creeping on women from the corner. <laughs> Joe <laughs> just, Biden, Joe Biden just, style. Let me get just, just a sniff. 
<laughs> we get a sniff of that hair. <laughs> so, I have a problem with this one who, because what? This Compare yourself one. to who you were yesterday. Yeah, because when you compete, you're physically comparing yourself to how somebody is today. Like, it's the whole reason you're there. But like, uh, objectively or subjectively. Whichever one wins you the show. Well, that would be an opinion of someone else then. Exactly, that one. That's, that's only one aspect, though. It's a good example, but it's only one aspect. Try to th- think of it as more of a, a whole. Like think, of, think of it more as uh, your entire life. Yeah, that's, but that's like, people, people struggle, too, when they see something physical, when they see some, some other physical whatever, strength, aesthetics, like whatever, then they, you know, they completely, like I said, they completely skip out on everything else. So, I don't know if that makes sense, but think of it, think of it more as a whole, not just the physical part. Because of course, there are, there are times where you have to compare yourself to others, but that's not everybody. That's a very small, that's a very small percentage of people. I feel like those have to be, so obviously I just threw it out there to stir the pot. So me personally, I feel like you have to be aware of your competition, but like not obsess over it. So like if I get on lineup and get blown away, be like, oh shit, I got some work to do. And then I go back to like, oh, I'm better than I was yesterday, better than I was yesterday, better than I was yesterday. So next time I go back to compare, maybe I'm closer. Maybe I beat them. But like, I feel like you have to use it as landmarks because you can't, like, you can't be in business and not look at your competition. Be like, oh, like I make shitty products and sell them for double. Like, that's not gonna work. You have to at least be aware of your surroundings or your competition or whatever. But then in the like we were talking about big picture and like ma- micro, macro, micro. So for we have to know where we stand in the whole lineup, but our main focus every day should be on comparing to ourselves. And then maybe quarterly, maybe yearly, like if most athletes will compete yearly when they're first starting, like use it as a yearly benchmark to go see where you kind of stand next to your peer group. So like, obviously if someone's been competing for 25 years and you've been competing for one, that's not really who you're comparing yourself to, even though they're on stage. So, like, there will be context, but I think it, I, you can't just never compare yourself to others where they are today. Because otherwise, you're, like, you're going to be oblivious to what needs to go into improving yourself. Okay. Yeah, if you're, so if you're talking about a specific room, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. Give me the truth. That's a, that's, a good, uh, that's a good way to put it. So, be. Um, I think uh, was it compare yourself to yeah, what you said. I think rule number four. I think there he might be thinking there's a, a lot of emotion that comes into play uh, when people compare themselves to other people. But I think what TJ is saying again, I think he, he worded it very well. But it's essentially just not knocking out all emotion and just saying here's the objective truths. Here's what happened. Here's how this person performs in whatever area. And then from there, you can say, okay, well, if I want to be this guy or girl, or if I want to surpass this or them or whatever, then you get back into the analytical thinking, come up with a game plan, execute the game plan, and then 
two, three months, six months, a year down the road. You know, you don't necessarily have to go up against them or compete against them, but then, you know, compare your stats, whatever those are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so take out all emotion, essentially, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So TJ's in a very competitive world, I guess you could say, right? So what if what if two athletes are very similar, right? Very close to each other. And you just change the judges and then the other athlete wins, but nothing changed. That can happen, but why leave it that close? If they're that close, get better. Make it clear. I mean, Jeff Bezos isn't worried about fucking some small company. Like, oh, I hopefully somebody picks us over them. Like, but no, you know what? Them. You know what? You know what he does? He serves he those my, smaller. He, he small. He serves those smaller, those smaller uh, smaller businesses. Like he he de- develops tools for those those small businesses, and then if a one of those small businesses turns very valuable, then, then he buys them. He's like, dang, they got it right. But he serves them yeah. first, and, and then he buys them. <laughs> but they're not close to him, so this doesn't really – doesn't work in the example. Right. But I think it would be – I mean, in life, as you are – as you, who you are as a person – is more than just one aspect. So it's like, like Brandon said, with all the rooms, separate all your rooms, go into all those rooms, and then compare that room to wh- who you were yesterday. <clears throat> and vice, you know, just jump in and out of rooms, unless you only have one room in your life, then that's all, though, all that matters. But you're probably unhappy in different areas. And then uh, it's good you bring that up. Because I don't think, at least with me, I don't necessarily have to compare myself to anybody. Um, all I gotta do is is think from all of my previous knowledge. Is am I any kind of any amount of better than I was yesterday? So whether it's physically or in any aspect, I say that so much. By the way, side note: physically, mentally, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. That's like mm-hmm. my second most said phrase <laughs> to anybody. It's so fun. <laughs> I need to come up with some sort of abbreviation, but. Um, if you're able to, I think once you get in a clear mindset and you understand where you've been, like for example, you and TJ, you guys knew where you were 20 years ago or 10 to 20 years ago, right? You don't need anyone to tell you that. You don't need anyone to be like, hey, listen, this is me and look at me now and that's you and I look at you now. You can literally just be like, I, I was sleeping on the dirt and I was eating the dirt and now look, I have a roof over my head, you know? So you are objectively, if you're not better, you're in a better position. And I think just being able to think that way, it, it just takes away, it just pushes the rest of the world out. And then, I mean, I think it's still good to be like, okay, this is the area I'm in, and there's my competition, or there's the others. What are they doing? Oh, okay, they're succeeding, you know, because everything's always changing. It's 2020, it's 2020 now, 2025, things are changing, internet, blah, blah, blah. Keeping up with the pace is good, but if you really care about keeping up with the pace of the world, just be better every day. As blatantly simple as that sounds, it's really hard to uh, to put into practice. But that's just another way to think about it. I still like TJ's way better, but yeah. And here's my other rule I really like: 
Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. I have trouble with that. <laughs> I was literally about to say this is where Brandon's going to struggle. <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell he wants. I mean, so everyone struggles with it. Everyone struggles with it because the reason he's struggling with it is because he's looking for what is meaningful to him. But expediency sometimes pays the bills too, or like, you know, gets you laid, or like, there's a lot of short term things that benefit. Like, I get it. If I'm starving, I could definitely go just rob somebody and, and get a meal, you know, but it's not going to be very meaningful. It's kind of like, was that worth it? Mm. Depends how close I was to dying of starvation. But were those, were those apple pies worth it, Mike? Pumpkin pies. Pumpkin, whatever. Some kind of diabetes. Yeah. Hey, okay. In college, I didn't have any backup, you know. So, like, when money's tight, you have to figure it out. So, one time, uh, I think there's a statute of limitations on this. So, we should be good. <laughs> it's freaking five pies. We'll just pay them off. No, no. It was a more than that i couldn't even see when i was running i had so many pies in my hand i was like i ran into perkins it was like thanksgiving i grabbed all two stacks of pies to stack them on top of each other and ran out the door <laughs> like i'm like <laughs> looking over the pies and can't see shit we get in the car and the football coach the next morning hey billstrom were you at perkins last night like no why Someone stole a bunch of pies. They said, it looks like you on the camera. Like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> and he's like, well, I think it was you. I was like, no, it wasn't me. He's like, this looks like you. I'm like, that's not me. Mike, you know. you're, the only, you're the only white guy in the town. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> hey, 2003, the cameras weren't that good. So I was just like, yeah, you know, he's kind of built like me. Uh, short and stubby, but <laughs> it's not me. So, yeah, a lot of things like that happen in the day but, when you got no backup. <laughs> so that was obviously to make it feasible for people to listen to us without wanting to rip the hair off. But back to the actual value, <laughs> now that we talked about stealing pumpkin mm-hmm. pies. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, there will be plenty of other random stories dropped in about us doing stupid shit. Yep. I'm an expert at doing stupid shit. It just it el- it eliminates them for other people, so like that you don't have to go through the same thing. So Mike found out, don't steal pies on camera. See, now you guys can go ahead and learn. Don't <laughs> yeah. steal pies on camera. <laughs> wear a mask, which is legal nowadays. But shit, it's illegal not to wear a mask, <laughs> which is crazy. But so when that rule, you're thinking about it. Do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. How do you put that into practice? I, uh, it helps me on a daily basis. I'm taking the little steps that, like when I was writing my book, dude, it sucked. It was horrible. Especially, I just started a new job. I was waking up at 4 in the morning, going to bed at like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And I'm just, after work, I don't want to write. But then I'm like, it's meaningful. You got to get it done. So then, like, even though I took an hour and wrote when I didn't want to, that meaning, because it was meaningful, I was able to do the stupid shit, not the stupid shit, but the things that needed to be done that you don't want to. So, like, if you compare it to the compound effect, it's like the end result is meaningful to you. So if you just keep doing the little things over time, eventually you'll get to that meaningful target. 
hopefully. Um, or even, so it says pursue, right? It doesn't say accomplish. And he's very precise in his speech. So the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of meaning is maybe what the whole point is because even our serotonin or our dopamine levels are like regulated by if we think we're going in the right direction, right? Like Dr. Dr. Huberman, the neurobiologist or whatever says that our dopamine system works on anticipation of a reward in the future. You get a little bit when you actually accomplish it, but you get more like in the pursuit of something meaningful to you. And it could be, I guess, meaning could be like biological needs, like a roof over your head. You know, like if you're struggling, you're like sleeping in your car all the time or on the street or whatever, but you get a, you're like doing little tiny things to eventually get a, a, an apartment and eventually you get an apartment, dude, you're like, yeah, like finally, you know, like this is much better. It wears off very quick, right? Once you get that kind of sense of normalcy, but like dopamine or serotonin is just like telling you okay you're going in the right direction yes it feels good just keep doing it even though it sucks you're going in the right direction so how many days do you have to feel stagnant like you haven't made improvements before you spiral out of control like i do hmm. well it depends what your improvements are i, I think you're a lot of bodies don't <laughs> put on 20 pounds of muscle in a week. So, no, that, you know, it's almost less fitness related because mm. you go into it knowing it's a long-term pro Like if I have a shitty workout, obviously I don't like it because I don't feel like I've improved, but it's, that's right back to the point you said a good workout makes you excited. Not because, Oh, you like, you got a reward from that, the anticipation of, what that workout's gonna mean moving forward. So that's a little bit different, but like. And how many days for me? I don't know, like if I'm not at least attempting some kind of challenging goal or situation, I go into me like search for meaning in life and depression mode real quick. <laughs> so like if I take a week off, I'll start to get a little antsy. Like if I'm not like really making an effort towards my end goals or if I don't know what my goals are like what goals do I want to set and I'm like struggling to even have a goal in a like just a specific area of life I'm like oh god like and then I I won't know what it is I'll get kind of like in a funk I'm like oh you know and then I'm like there's like a self-esteem part too right because if you set a goal and you quit if you're constantly quitting goals like I do quite often you know because i get excited for a goal and then i'm like i'm gonna do this this is gonna be awesome and then like in my head i know oh you're a bitch you didn't even actually give it your all and you're gonna quit because you're not getting the results right and then my probably my serotonin just tanks at that point and i get a little <laughs> a little bit crazy i called the call the therapist that question uh this is what i'm finding it's kind of similar to that but I don't really get depressed. I just get into like a thought. Ooh, must be nice. I just, oh, yeah. I just Mr. Like Perfect. A, a lot of thoughts. So like I, I like I, I mean you're very similar in that way where we start a lot of things and then 
just they kind of just fade away because we lose interest or whatever comes up. But like, what if, uh, what if you're okay with it? You know, like, have, have you ever been in a situation where you start something and then you stop it and you're like, or you slow it down or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm okay with this because it it helps you get to your end goal because you're able to focus more on something else. Or has that ever happened to you? Yeah, where you kind of get in, you you put your you put your ladder on the wall and you start climbing it, you know, climbing that ladder of success in one little area and like, damn, that's not even what I wanted. Right. Let me take my ladder, put it on a different wall. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's happened quite a bit. But now that I know kind of like what my end end goal is, you know, I can kind of move around a little bit within my niche or in my goal. And I can always, I can always course correct with like my experiments. I call them experiments now because then if you fail, it doesn't hurt as bad. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to use that. I'm, I'm going to yeah. steal that. <laughs> so if my experiments are all kind of in, they're all like way different, but they're all kind of going towards that goal or they can lead or give me a skill or a resource to get to that main goal, I'm okay with it. I guess it's kind of trying to set the goal that, um, like he says, that's that you know that you're going to stick with because it's so meaningful to you that it's just like, yeah, I'll get kicked in the nuts for three years in a row, you know, as long as it brings me closer to that meaningful goal, you know? Then if it doesn't, then it's just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just going to be thinking about it now. I can't even think properly, but everything is just an experiment <laughs> is what it seems like. It's really funny you say that because that thought passed through my mind two days ago. I was like, life is literally just one big experiment. It's like, it's, you never yeah. get anything right. I mean, unless you're super lucky or someone's done it for you. You don't get things right on the first try. I know for me, it's, you know, you got three tries. And, and then I'm like, ah, ah, maybe. And then I get, you know, go through it again. And it's like three more times. It's like, ah, okay. I'm just real stubborn. I got a, I got a thick skull, but yeah. experiments take you life, man. I like that. Right. So how if long everything's... Did... Go ahead. Did you, did you say a time? Because mine's 48 hours. If I haven't progressed in something in 48 hours, I'm going to learn how to fly off my balcony. You mean actually progress or made an effort to progress? No. Because you don't make, even... If I make an effort under the wall and I go the opposite direction, I'm not happy about that. It did nothing for me. I'm saying, are you talking about like, a sp- like, is it, Normally, you're talking about one area of your life, which is like bodybuilding and coaching. So, like in that area, no life. You have to wait <laughs> weeks to make improvements in that life. But like no, in see, life, you're just painting me into a corner. The question was, progress at something. How long do you have to be stagnant or feel like you didn't progress in anything? You keep bringing it back to bodybuilding. I'm like, yes, my legs didn't grow to 34 inches overnight. <laughs> Got it. Right. But I mean, like making an effort to progress, like grinding away or like stopping and then getting upset that there's no progress. If I haven't made something actually move forward in two days, I'm pissed. Oh. I don't know. Maybe you should be patiently impatient. <laughs> that sounds like you're lowering your standards. Uh, oh, maybe. But, but I mean, I if look, you're not, 
if you want to commit suicide after two days, you probably should like find a different way to set your goals. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> you can't, you can't fly and you probably won't bounce. So <laughs> if you can't, if you can't improve one aspect of your situation in 48 hours, you kind of suck at life. Like you might want to learn how to fly. Like effort. Like, like give any, me an example. Give me a concrete example. Like if I don't get a check in and my client didn't improve, that's, I didn't move anything forward, but that's an achievement. I can get that every day. I can give someone value every day. If I sign up a new client, that's physically moving something forward. If I have a great workout, that's physically achieving something. So if I have three shitty workouts, two clients fall off, three clients don't hit their target for the week, yeah, I'm going to learn how to fucking fly. Dude, if you fail at all those things, you suck at life. And that's never happened to you? No, it happens occasionally. That's why I want to fucking learn how to fly sometimes. <laughs> so I feel like I just took a tour through your head. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I gave you a tour before, but you forget. The one thing that annoys the shit out of me is people will literally tell me stuff or introduce me to things that I taught them or showed them. Dude, nobody can remember that it was me. Like, I'm the least memorable person on the planet. You've seen this happen thousands of times. People yeah, will tell just... me shit that I taught them. I'm just like, you know where you got that? Or like, Brandon, I've been telling them about the Zevias for like a year. He's like, oh dude, have you had the cream soda Zevia? Like, yeah, I've been telling you to try it for a year. <laughs> sounds like yeah, significance is a, question, but yeah. a big one. Well, no, just, I don't care. Just don't try to teach me something that like, it's just funny. Like literally nobody remembers that it comes from me. So like I get taught stuff that I taught people all the time. Like, well, at least you know it, it counted. Yeah, you got the ball rolling, and now they know it. They know it so well they're trying to teach it. That's an accomplishment, but you don't get credit for it. It's just, <laughs> it's just great to know that you are the least memorable person on the planet. That's like you can, if underdog books, like no one ever remembered. Oh, you provided a ton of value. You helped them. And then like, oh, underdog books. Like someone had a freaking head trauma and wipes clean every 24 hours. <laughs> I'm sure it happens. That's how much of the world is, man. All right. Well. Oh, it's almost time to actually. It's time, past time for me to eat my last meal. No, you're shrinking by a second. Oh. All right. Well, I think it was a good conversation. Let me see. Assume the person listening that you're listening to might know something you don't. Yep. That's a good one. Are you, what do you guys uh, admire most about Jordan Peterson? Because the guy's like, uh, I think it's phenomenal. You know, he's yeah. just like charismatic and he's like, he's assertive. I love that he's so assertive and he's like, he's willing to like draw a line in the sand. He's like, no, here's where that thought experiment ends. It's right here. And I'm willing to die for it pretty much. Right. That's my favorite thing about him. Assertiveness. Hmm. Like just like confrontation. Anyone that'll be confrontational. Well, you're my favorite person. Why? Because you're angry at people. Yeah. Well I just I for sure don't like cowards. Like, could you imagine Jordan Peterson like 
uh, let's not debate. Can I just send you a text? Or how about I write it out in the email and you can reply to me? Like that one, that would not be an attractive character to me. But he did write a book. So maybe this was him like trying to get his <laughs> shit out of his head before people twist it up <laughs> like we are. That's a very good point. Um, what I would probably say I admire the most is it has to come down to kind of that same thing. Like he put in so much time and he got to such a level that he's willing to take stands for it because like he put in a level of time and effort to get to that point. And if someone that like clearly has a lesser understanding he won't just like let that idea run wild. Be like, mm, that's going to lead to this horrible outcome for right. everyone. Like he'll be talking about like uh, hierarchies and social hierarchies and your serotonin system. He's like, here, let me dumb it down for you. <laughs> <laughs> if a lobster loses a fight three times, they won't fight again. But if you give him some serotonin, he'll fight again. We have the same system. Do you get it yet? No, I don't get it. You're comparing us to lobsters. <laughs> so he must that's, just be uh, pissed all the time that's another thing there's no uh, I think that I can't really say because I don't know the guy but it seems as though emotion doesn't play a role in what he does like it does for 90% of the humans on the planet like no matter what because what you're saying someone could be like oh he's comparing us to lobsters what an asshole we're not lobsters we have iPhones and we make gum and we lift weights and we make Tesla's and we fly to the moon, right? And there's two, there's emotion behind that where it's like, you know, this is me, this is me, this is me. Instead of just being like, okay, emotion's gone, analytical thinking, okay, that makes sense. Too many people are on the the emotional side and he doesn't seem to be that guy. And that's probably one of the reasons why so many people don't like him because he's able I mean, to be that. I feel like, information. I feel like he does get, there's definitely a lot of emotion that comes out of him. It's passion like, though. It's not, it's not like, that's ooh, an my feelings, but that's not actual, that's not the actual thing I'm trying to say. People get upset and sad and angry. Those kind of emotions are what I'm talking about. Passion is different. Passion is way different. It can, it can cause the other ones, but it's not the primary source of it. When people get sad or angry, it's because they lack the ability to do whatever is needed to, to kind of stay away from that. So... Maybe he, maybe he, by the time he, maybe he's so good at like filtering his emotions, he's like just pissed on the inside. And he's like, but when he, <laughs> like, he, on the inside, he wants to stab this girl in the face that's interviewing him. But what comes out of his mouth is, no, I didn't say that. What I said was. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's good but at, uh, he's had interviews after the fact. He's like, oh, yeah, I could have controlled myself a little better in that situation. Like, he has interviews yeah. out there where he got a little testy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just trying to lay people on fire. Yeah. So yeah. number rule number one is definitely my favorite. And I'll, I'll just end with this because he compares us to lobsters, right? And uh, rats, you know, have a similar, I just heard about an experiment with rats. If you put them in a tube and they fight, you know, if the winner wins, they're more often to win again, etc. And, what a lobster can't do and what humans can do and what a rat can't do and what humans can do is like a rat might lose 
20 fights in a row and then just give up. And then you give him an uh, antidepressant, maybe he'll fight again, maybe he won't. Right? A lobster can lose a lot of fights, completely lose its dominant nervous system and become like a submissive lobster. And then if you give it some serotonin, it might fight again. But humans, because we're conscious, we can get our ass kicked over and over and over. And then with our minds and our consciousness, we can make that, uh, we can make that determination in our head of like, <laughs> I'm not done yet. Like, it's time to fight again. I might get my ass kicked, but just because I challenge myself to challenge this opponent one more time, the serotonin will go up just in that, just from that feedback loop of like, I'm a fighter. I'm not, I'm not a, a lobster that's just going to completely decide that I'm never going to fight again. I can get my ass kicked 20 times and on time 21, I can make the decision to go at it again. I think that's what, um, that's the ultimate tool that humans have is our consciousness and our ability to decide when are we going to fight again or are we going to lay down and just take it. So rule one for the win. But I'm going to go <laughs> after that. <laughs> I, <dig it. laughs> All right. I definitely agree. And right before we go, like awareness, I think that is definitely what sets us apart from everything. Awareness, yeah. like we can, as soon as you're aware of a situation, now you can take control of that. Like Mike talks about habit loops, habit loops all the time. So triggers, like as soon as we become aware of what's going on, now we can change the habit part of this. And that's where you have control over emotion, over giving up, all, the, all those things. So I think like a lot of the, like the whatever test, um, what is it, the triad or whatever? Yeah, the, the dark triad or whatever. Yeah, and like the, a lot of those other le- similar personal tests. tests. Yeah, yeah. The like the most, the quality that's most in line with being successful is conscientiousness. So, like being aware of is how I perceive that. So, mm-hmm. right. I think it's a very powerful rule, even though it's it sounds so simple. I think it's mm-hmm. probably why I say it's almost always my favorite because it's very easy to apply the physical, what he's saying and the underlying response to that, just being aware of your posture can change something. Just being aware is key to actually Mm -hmm. changing anything. Yeah. And living consciously is actually one of the six pillars of self-esteem too. So just being aware of everything gives you a little boost of self-respect because you're like, Instead of being on autopilot all the time, you're like challenging your assumptions. You're always thinking from the other person's point of view and, you know, kind of, I should probably get better at this, like considering how, what I say might make this person feel, but I think I am when I'm like, you guys need to get your shit together. I think I'm saying that because I know it's going to hit them a certain way. (laughs) Right. Right. Motives and desire. On that note, Brandon, go eat. Mike, go do whatever it is you do. Yell at people. Make them sad. (laughs) Yep. All All right. right. Until next time, my friends. See ya. Yep. Good chat. All right, then. Bye-bye.